Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Hallelujah. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me while you're still standing to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth. Chapter 1, I know this is kind of weird, preaching out of the book of Ruth on the first Sunday of 2021, but I'll tell you about that in a little bit. I mean, you have, of you know God's Word is powerful. It's living. It's the reason you need to commit to reading the Word of God this year. Get the Word of God in you. Eat it. Partake of it. Get God's word in you. Memorize it so that you can speak it out of your mouth because God's word is living and powerful. And in case you didn't know, the grass withers and the, the flowers are going to fade away, but God's word endures forever. Just thought I'd share that with you. Ruth chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1, I only want to read five verses, and then I'll let you sit down. Now, it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife, Naomi. And the name of his two sons was Malon and Chilion of Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. It's kind of hard for a southern boy to say. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left and her, her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. Malan and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. We thank you today that your word is living. It is quick powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Now, Father, let your word go forth today. I thank you that, Father, you gave me this word, I believe. And, Father, so I know as you gave it that you will not allow it to return to you void. Lord, let me not preach my opinion. Let me not preach my ideas. Let me not preach my philosophy. But, Father, let me preach your word this morning. And Father, I thank you today that as those that are listening this morning hear the word, that their lives will be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. I want you to know I love my church. I love the place that God has planted me and my wife and our family. And we're excited about what God's doing. And I want to just kind of preface this message this morning. The title of this message this morning is going to be The Changing of Seasons. And I would, I would recommend today that you would get your notebook out and take some notes. Uh, I can give you my notes. I had a malfunction on the printer this morning, so I printed out several pages of notes. Uh, so if you'd like one of them, I'll be glad to share it with you. Uh, but I want to talk to you about the changing of seasons. And I want to preface it with this. This is not what I got up this morning to preach. Or when I got out of bed this morning, this is not what I was going to preach. This, this goes against what I'm seeing with my eyes and hearing with my ears, just to be honest with you, all right? This message this morning and this word, it's a word that God gave me. 
I know it's a word that God gave me. I stand assured of that. But it is a word that, that is counter to what I'm seeing with my eyes. It's counter to what I'm hearing with my ears. And it's sure enough counter to what you will hear on Fox News or CNN News or something like that. Uh, and so I struggled with it, but it was one of those words that it was a lightning bolt that zipped into my spirit, and I knew that it was a word for today, and so I'm not preaching what I had originally intended to preach. All right? So uh, we're going to get to it. Uh, I want you to go down uh, to uh, verse 22 of chapter 1 uh, because I want to read that, and then we're going to go into the message. And I want to just give you this word that God gave me. In verse 22 of chapter 1 of the book of Ruth, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. When I read that last statement of verse 22, in the beginning of barley harvest, the Holy Ghost just came all over me, and God said, I want you to share what I'm about to give you with the people. And it's going to be based upon in the beginning of the barley harvest. All right? So if you're taking notes, write that down, put several question marks out there, because I know you're probably confused right about now. All right? So, <clears throat> although 2020 has passed into the history books and all the problems of 2020, and all the struggles of 2020, and all those things are in the history books, the fact remains that the problems that we dealt with in 2020, we still have those same problems. The pandemic didn't go away with the changing of the new year. The political climate didn't get right with the changing of the new year. Perhaps problems in your life and struggles in your life that you dealt with in 2020, they didn't pass away with a passing of, or coming into a new year. For those of you that, that you had it, that in your mind that you were going to wake up on January 1st and find that everything uh, had changed overnight and all of your problems had, had all of a sudden left, well, all I can say is you were no doubt disappointed. Because when you woke up on January 1, 2021, the same problems that you went to bed with were also there on the next day. The thing is that, that we sometimes think that I'm moving into another year or a new year, and so I'm going to move into uh, a different way of life. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, we've got to recognize that the changing of a year or the dates of a year from 20 to 21 is not going to radically change our lives. Just like we realized in 2020 that government can't change our lives. We realized in 2020 that our savings account can evaporate at the snap of a finger. We realized in 2020 that our medical institutions could, could uh, bow down to a pandemic like never before in 2020. We realized that all the things that we put trust in and that we, put, we built our lives around can be shaken and even destroyed in 2020. Some of you thought that your job was going to last forever and you thought that everything about your financial status was established and all of it was good, but we realized in 2020 that at the blink of an eye or overnight, those things can change. And while there were some uh, uh, who, through all the situations of the past year, your faith in God grew stronger. 
There are those that perhaps are sitting here this morning and, uh, and, and through all the struggles that you went through this past year, you can say, man, my faith grew stronger. I am stronger now because of what I went through this past year. But there are others that are sitting here today or who are listening to me that because of the things that you went through in 2020, your faith, your hope, and your trust in God has been weakened. Now, of course, you're not going to say that, and you're not going to let anybody know that because you came to church this morning, and you went through the same routine that you usually do. You get one hand up, and every once in a while, you'll get both hands up. Every once in a while, you get an amen out or a praise the Lord out, and you smile real big behind your mask, pretending that everything's right. But in reality, everything is not right. In reality, the trust. The struggles of this past year have cost you and has caused you to struggle. You have been defeated. You have felt hopeless and you felt like you were not going to win the battle and you felt like that you needed just to give up and you wondered where God was in the midst of all of this stuff. Some of you this morning, because of the disruption of your schedules, in this past year, it has shaken you to your very core. There are those that are listening to me this morning and only get one shot at this morning. There will never be another Sunday morning 2021. So I'm going to give it to you just as Holy Spirit gives it to me. But there are some of you that are sitting this morning and you're listening through live stream or perhaps you're listening somewhere else and, and because of the disruption of the schedule that you had been on prior to this pandemic, it has shaken you to the very core of your being. Whether it was a disruption of your work schedule or a disruption of your church attendance, it has shaken you. And because of that disruption, it has produced something in you that I call a rut. And a rut is simply a grave with both ends open. You've gotten into a rut because your, your schedule has been disrupted. And so you've gotten into this rut that Sunday is no longer the Lord's day to you. It's just another day. You can get about and do whatever you want to. Sure, you can watch a few minutes on live stream and say, I've been to church. But in reality, your spirit is dying on the inside and the life in you has ebbed away. But listen, I want to tell you this morning that I'm speaking a word to somebody today that you've allowed this stuff. And listen, don't get me wrong. I respect the effects of COVID-19. I respect the fact that it is a deadly disease and all of that, and I understand that. But I want to tell you something this morning. It is not a time to back away from your relationship with God. I as a matter of fact, it is a time to bow up your neck toward the devil and say, devil, I will not be disrupted. I'm going to serve my God. I'm going to put one foot ahead of the other. I'm going to worship him. Come hell or high water, I'm going to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. There are those that in this past year you grumbled and complained about the fact that you had to wear a mask and, and then there are others you grumbled and complained because people didn't wear a mask. Sir or ma'am, you lost your focus. You lost the fact that God was wanting to do something in your life and you got misfocused on all the stuff around you. I've had people tell me, well, Pastor, I can't come to church, but I would meet them in Walmart shoulder to shoulder uh, shopping and all of that, but I can't come to church. Listen, if you can send your kids to school, you can come to church on Sunday morning. If you can, if you can go to Walmart and shop on Saturday, then you can come to church on Sunday morning. Understand that the devil has lied and caused you to lose your focus. And I know I lost probably three-quarters of the people right there. But God didn't call me up here today to pat every... I love you, okay? I'm your pastor. 
right? Say, say that again. Hashtag truth. Sister Candace, hashtag that truth, all right? She's the hashtag lady. Listen, please be aware and remember that in Luke chapter 4, I think it's along about verse 5, where Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, that the devil showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world. In a second of time, the devil showed Jesus, the Son of God, the kingdoms of the world. And he said this, If you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these kingdoms because they have been given to me and they are mine. The devil said that to Jesus, the Son of God. I just want to remind you, we talked about this several weeks ago. Jesus didn't rebuke the devil. Jesus didn't look at the devil and say, oh, you got it all wrong, buddy. Those kingdoms belong to me. The world, the earth belongs to me. Jesus didn't say that. But Jesus said, it is written that man shall worship the Lord our God. So what does that say to us? Jesus recognized that thousands of years earlier in the Garden of Gethsemane, Adam and Eve had given over the, the rights to this earth, to the devil, and the devil understood that he had been given that right by man, that man made that choice, gave him that right, and the devil is the prince of the power of the air. He is the ruler of the kingdoms of this world. But I want you to understand that, listen, this is not, this pandemic and all this stuff is not something that God has released upon the United States or the world. This is a work of Satan. And, and, and listen, what God is screaming out of heaven to say today is this, Church, recognize what's going on. Recognize that the devil is like a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour, that he wants to destroy, kill, and steal from you. And recognize that this is the greatest hour of the church. I got on a rabbit trail. I'm sorry. I'm coming back. One thing that I know is that all of us have experienced disappointments in the past. Whatever they were, we've all experienced disappointment. But the danger of disappointment is this, that disappointment causes us to become discouraged. And the danger of discouragement, and maybe I'm talking to somebody this morning, your disappointment has led to your discouragement. The danger of discouragement is this, that discouragement will sometimes cause us to search for things that will bring us comfort. Now remember, I'm, reading, I'm, I'm coming to you out of the book of Ruth. Discouragement is dangerous. And many times discouragement is a result of disappointment. That something disappointed us, and therefore because we were disappointed, we have become discouraged. And because we have become discouraged, because we have not been able to follow the schedule. Listen, I want to tell you right now, there's nobody in here probably that struggled as much with discouragement in 2020 as I have. And I know you, you struggle with it, but listen, I, I, man, I've struggled with discouragement. But understand this, that we've got to be careful and understand that the danger of discouragement, your discouragement didn't disappear in 2020 and, or in 2021. It's still there. 
But the danger of discouragement is this, that it will sometimes cause us to seek out things that will bring comfort to us. This will cause us to become distracted. And I know I'm on this this morning. Disappointment, discouragement, distractions, and all that. But this will cause us to become distracted or lose focus. Instead of walking by faith, we begin to walk by feeling or emotions. Instead of being led by the Spirit, we become led by what we see with our eyes. That's what happened to Ruth or or to Naomi and her husband. There was a drought or a famine in the land. By the way, Bethlehem means house of bread. But there was a famine in Bethlehem, and because of the famine, they said, look, we're going to pick up. We're going to pack up, and we're going to move to the land of Moab. Listen, sometimes, even though we're going through a struggle, it does not mean that we need to make a geographical or a spiritual move. Sometimes we need to just stand until God directs us otherwise. But because of our disappointments, we become discouraged. And because of our discouragement, uh, uh, Naomi and Elimelech uh, began to seek out things around them that could bring and restore that courage. And so what they found was this little place in Moab. And so they said, that is the answer to all of our prayers. So to Moab we go. And instead of Moab being the place where everything was going to be lovely, it became a place of loss and a place of struggle. So instead of overcoming, they found themselves being swallowed up by the situation. I'm getting there. That's the reason I told you you need to take notes or you need to listen to this again because I'm covering a lot of ground. But this is a word of God, I believe, for somebody or for the church, and I want you to get it. I don't want you to miss what I'm saying. We are in a situation that, that, that our culture is being swallowed up by pandemic. Our culture is being swallowed up by political struggles. We have, as, as pastor uh, or as evangelist David Copeland spoke last Sunday, we've gotten our eyes off on this thing that we think that if Trump is not in the White House, then the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Or we feel like, maybe you feel like if Trump was in the White House, that the world was going to hell in a handbasket. And what we've allowed to happen in our lives is we have put more faith in government and less faith in God. We have spent more time on Facebook putting down and tearing down the other political party than we have posting scriptures about how God will bring victory in our lives. I'm talking to the church this morning. I'm not talking to, uh, I'm not beating anybody over the head, but I'm telling you this morning that in 2021, God is saying, I want to do some things. I got on Facebook the other day and shared a word with you that God is speaking. I didn't have this word when I shared that, but God is is saying something in this hour that we're living in today. It is extremely important, ladies and gentlemen, that we hear what the Word of God is saying. But we've lost our focus, and, and, and there are many people that have gotten swallowed up instead of overcoming the situation, instead of being victorious in, in your life, you have been swallowed up by all the stuff that's going on around you. All the while, the Word of God, the Bible, is covered from Genesis to Revelation with statements and examples 
calling those of us who belong to the kingdom of God to not be moved by what we're seeing with our eyes, not be moved by what we're feeling with our hands, but that we would walk by faith and not by sight, that we would trust in the Lord in all of our ways, acknowledge him, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And in Proverbs chapter 3, listen, we, we realized that our mega churches have not turned this nation around. We realize that our programs have not turned this nation around. We can't build enough prisons. Right now, there are plans being made for a major mega prison to be built just a few miles from this church uh, because our prisons are filling up faster than we can build new ones and all of that. The crime rates in many uh, cities has skyrocketed and the uh, suicide rate has shot sky high and we realize that all of the things that the church has been doing has not been effective so it lets me know that there's something that we've been leaving that we should have picked up and I believe it is that scripture that says ask for the old path that old way and go back to that and find out that that is where we left God somewhere down the line that it is a power of the Holy Ghost that will move in the body of believers it is not a program it is not a soul it is not anything like that it is not some orator getting up preaching some great message that's going to change this nation but it is somebody that will get up and just simply speak the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to flow from them into the congregation where lives will be changed that's fanatical for a lot it's dramatic for a lot it's crazy for others but listen We've got to do something to change our nation. So we've allowed ourselves, many of us, to be swallowed up by the situation that we've been in. Can I tell you something this morning? You can be raising your hands. You can be quoting scripture and still be defeated. Because if your spirit is not connecting with what's coming out of your mouth, or should I say this, if you are not connecting with your spirit, then what's coming out of your mouth is simply flesh. Right? That's the reason we can go through the motions and even the emotions and still not have the anointing of God that will change our lives. So instead of overcoming, we become swallowed up. <clears throat> and even though the Word of God is filled with statements that cause us as kingdom believers to walk by faith and not by sight, we find ourselves swallowed up. This is why in, Ecclesi in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, <clears throat> that, that the writer of Ecclesiastes said this, He that observes the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. We're looking out with our natural eyes, and that's what I'm goes back to what I was talking about earlier. This message counteracts what I'm seeing with my eyes and what I'm hearing with my ears. And God spoke to me this morning this verse in Ecclesiastes that I just read. And he said this, if you observe the wind, you will not sow. If you regard the clouds, you will not reap. In other words, if you get up on planting day and you look outside and it's cloudy outside and the wind is blowing and you say, I will postpone my planting 
because it's cloudy and the wind is blowing, then perhaps you will not reap a harvest when harvest time comes. I want to go a little bit farther with that. If you allow what's going on in our culture to cause you to quit sowing and to quit planting, you will perhaps miss your harvest. <clears throat> Boy, this is tough. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that I am not advocating for you to go out and pick up a rattlesnake believing that he won't bite you because you're a Christian. But I am telling you to not let the rattlesnake get away because you're afraid he will bite you. You didn't get that, did you? Let me come at it another way. Wash your hands, wear your mask, social distant. Do everything you can to protect yourself, but don't quit living because we are in a pandemic. Don't quit worshiping because we're in a pandemic. Don't think that the devil is taking the day off because we're in a pandemic. Understand that God is saying this is the time that the church needs to stand up. Some of y'all sitting here this morning, you get, you get things on your feed or whatever you call it where people are asking for prayer and God has spoke to you and said, why don't you private message them and declare my name over their lives or over their loved ones? And you said, oh, I can't do that. Come on, listen, understand that God is calling us. We have to, listen, we have to get out of the ordinary and realize that we've got to figure out new ways to touch our world but we've got to touch our world we can't just sit at home and let everything go by and think it's going to get better on its own because it's not we've got to understand that if if I can't go to your house and sit in your living room and tell you about Jesus then I'll get on my phone and I'll text you about Jesus but one way or the other I'm going to get the word of God out to you so that you will understand that Jesus Jesus Christ is the only hope. He is the only way, and he's the only truth. So here we go. Ruth and, and or Naomi and her husband had moved into Moab. We read that in verses chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the first 18 verses of the book of Ruth, Tells all about them being in Moab. It tells about uh, Ruth or Naomi losing her husband. And then uh, it tells about her losing her two sons. It tells about her gaining two daughter-in-laws, Orpha and Ruth. But the next 67 verses in the book of Ruth deal with what I, and by the way, I just gave you the introduction. Here's the message. But the next 67 verses of the book of Ruth don't deal with Moab. They deal with transition. They deal with moving back into the place of blessing. They deal with a divine timing and they deal with a divine appointment. Don't let that get by you. The first 18 verses of Ruth, and I'm being redundant so that you will 
get what I'm saying. The first 18 verses of Ruth deal with a husband, a wife, and two sons who because they got disappointment and discouragement, they became distracted and they began to search for things that would bring them comfort and they wound up in Moab. The first 18 verses tell that story. The next 67 verses are so filled with supernatural and power and miraculous because it tells the story of a God that looked in the land of Moab and said, I know you don't need to be there, but I am not going to leave you in your land of Moab. I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you back where I had you before, but I'm not just going to put you back where I had you before. I'm going to put you better back where I had you before. So I want you to understand the first 18 verses deal with what? Moab. Disappointments, discouragement, distractions. But the next 67 verses deal with transition. There's got to be a transitional time in our lives. You've got to decide and listen Transition happens by faith. As a matter of fact, there's somebody that's listening to me this morning and you are struggling with drug addiction and you've been struggling with drug addiction and your past because you think that I can't do it. I've tried it before and I failed so I can't do it again. Understand this, sir or ma'am, your transition is a faith thing. If you will put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and then make your transition, it will work. But as long as you transition in your own abilities and in your own fleshly ways, you're going to fail. But God is saying this morning, make the transition of faith and step out by faith and do it and it will work. So, Transition, moving back into place, a repositioning, and divine timing. And I'm gonna, you're going to understand what I'm talking about there in a minute if you don't already know it. And divine appointments. Chapter 1 and verse 13 tells the story of uh, Naomi and and her daughter-in-laws, and down at the end of that uh, verse, uh, verse 13, uh, Naomi said, It grieves me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. In other words, Naomi, speaking to her daughters-in-law, was saying, It grieves me for your, your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. In other words, because of discouragement, disappointments, and distractions, and all of these things, Naomi had come to the idea or to the belief uh, that uh, because of her adversities, that she no longer had the favor of God. Come on, United States of America. We are one of the most favored nations by God on the face of the earth. But for some reason, the church is not walking in the fact that we are the most favored nation on the planet besides Israel. I can't do anything about the church nationally. But I do have a responsibility of the church locally. And so I'm telling you, local church this morning, that you are favored by God. And it might be that some of you think the things and the adversities that you've had to experience in 2020, that the favor of God is not any longer on your life. The devil is a liar. You are still, listen, you went into 2020 favored by God and you came out of 2020 
already favored by God. You might have been on a respirator. You might have not been able to breathe. You might have thought that, 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 that you weren't going to make it through the night, but you came out, and here you are. Here you are sitting and listening this morning. Why? Because you are favored by God. Don't let the devil tell you that you don't have any favor. The devil is a liar because he is God is truth. Now listen. So the Bible says in verse 22. Ooh, I got two minutes. Verse 22 says, so Naomi returned. In other words, she went back to where she had left from. She returned, and Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. This is what the Lord spoke to me that countered everything that I was going to preach this morning. I mean, I'm telling you guys, I didn't wake up this morning, I didn't have the book of Ruth nowhere in my mind. I went in, I went in the other room there were no lights on. It was pitch dark. I knelt down to pray, and I felt an urge to open, uh, to, to get my phone and, and read a scripture, a devotion that I've started the first of the year. When I opened my phone up, one of the apps that I've got had Ruth in it, and I just began to read in the book of Ruth. And for some reason, I just kept reading. And I kept reading, and I got down to verse 22, and I read this, that they returned to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. And God stopped me right there, and he said, this is what I want you to tell the church. Remember what I said about transition? They had to leave Moab and go back to where they had came from. Because God was moving them back into the place. Listen, your struggles and your adversities and your situations has not been meant to destroy you on God's behalf, but to position you back into the place to where the blessing of God can once again begin to flow in your life. God spoke to me this, and he said, Son, it is a changing of seasons. He said, the church, the body of Christ, has sown some things in the past. You have sown some seed in the past. You have sown some, some blessings in the past. You have sown some faith in the past. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, 2021 is not going to necessarily be a year of sowing, but it's going to be a year of reaping. He said, because there are things, there are prayers, there are intercessions, there's prophetic words that have already been sown, that in 2021, they are going to be reaped. He said, I brought them back at the beginning of barley harvest. And I want you to catch that word harvest because I believe 2021 is going to be a year of harvest. I believe that 2021 is going to be a year that we're going to see people saved that is going to blow our minds, that we were, we're going to say, I, I never thought that I would see the day that he or she would set foot in the, in the door of a church. But 2021 is going to be a year of harvest.
But here's the thing. God divinely and supernaturally brought them back at the beginning of the barley harvest. I want you to get this. Holy Spirit began to deal with me. And this is what the Lord said. He said, son, don't get caught up in the barley harvest. The barley harvest is simply this. It is the daily provision that I am going to supply the body of Christ. It is the daily blessing that I am going to dole out to the body of Christ. He said, son, there might be others around that will struggle in 2021. He said, but I want you to tell my people that I've got a daily blessing that I am going to give to them on a daily blessing because I'm going to bring them back to a place and it's going to be during the barley harvest. It's going to be during the time that the harvest is coming in that they're going to be able to walk in the divine flow of the blessing that I'm going to give them. He said, but don't get caught up in the blessing of the barley harvest, but I want you to understand what lies beyond the barley. I'm telling you, this this goes against because I've looked and I've listened and I've I've seen and all that, and I've seen the the conditions of our culture and our world that's 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 in chaos, and I've I've seen the conditions of of our political structure and all of that. And listen, it doesn't matter who the president is. We we are in a mess as a nation. And I've seen all that, and so I recognize that only a miracle from God that it will change. But here's the thing. He brought them back at a specific time because the barley harvest was going to put Ruth in position to meet Boaz. So although the barley harvest provided Ruth and Naomi food, God had bigger plans. There was a Boaz in the picture. Now listen, we've made it all about you ladies. Oh, I found my Boaz. Isn't that right? Yeah, Yeah. Go ahead and look at your husband and say, oh, yeah, I found my Boaz. Some of you young girls, oh, I'm just waiting on my Boaz. Jesus does the wedding and the devil does the reception. You'll catch that later on. The real reason was Boaz. The name Boaz means swiftness. It means swiftness, something that moves at a fast pace, something that moves at a, at a high rate of speed. That's what the name Boaz means. Listen, Boaz is referred to or is known as the kinsman redeemer. Remember what we talked about on Wednesday night, that the New Testament is concealed in the Old, and the Old Testament is revealed in the New. So what is concealed in the book of Ruth in Boaz 
It is Jesus. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Boaz is a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ as our redeemer. So the greater thing than the barley harvest and that the, the divine time of barley harvest was that the barley harvest was simply there to take Ruth to Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. If they had came in to Bethlehem at any other time, it was quite a possibility that Ruth would have never met Boaz. But there was a divine time that God brought them in. And she met Boaz. And Boaz became that redeeming force. Boaz became that avenue that Naomi had said would never happen. Boaz became that sustaining power that sustained the bloodline. Boaz and Ruth, Ruth became that part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. One of the few Gentiles mentioned in that genealogy. You see, guys, I believe that as we look into this year, this present year, I believe that we have arrived here at the time of the barley harvest. I believe that we have arrived where we are at a specific divinely appointed time. And what God is saying to us as the church is, it is during this season that you're going to see a harvest but I want you to focus on Boaz. I want you to focus on the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to get into that more. I couldn't cover all of it today, but I just wanted to share that with you this morning. might not make any sense to you. If it don't, let it go. But I believe if you'll think on it a little bit, I believe God's got some things he's wanting to say to you and myself as the body of Christ. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? I think this service has, has gone hand in hand, every part of it. Even the songs that, that were sung this morning have gone hand in hand with what God is speaking to us today. And so I think it's important that we walk out of here today and remember what we've heard and what's been spoken and what's been sung. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, and I know I've, I've taken up a lot of time, but I'm going to ask you this morning if you'll just bow your head. Uh, Brother Philip, could you come and just play? Um, I want us this morning with, <clears throat> with heads bowed and eyes closed, and I'm going to ask you to reverence this 
moment of time. I'm not going to be long, and I'm going to let you go, I promise. But this morning, I want you to reflect just for a few seconds on what you've gone through the past few months or weeks or whatever. And I want you to think about that God has brought you to this place. He sustained you, He's kept you, and He's brought you to this place this morning. And I'm telling you today, Ruth 1, verse 22. They came to Bethlehem, the house of bread, in the beginning of barley harvest. I believe that's where we stand today. I believe that's where you stand this morning. And perhaps there might be some this morning that you will go on and you'll forget about this day and you won't think anything else about it. But there's going to be some this morning and that word has gotten stuck in your spirit and you're going to hold on to it. It's going to become your word. That I'm here today at the right time doesn't matter what I've done in the past. It doesn't matter yesterday. But I'm here today, and it is the right time. It is the divine time that I'm here this morning. And God's going to do great things through you and yours. So this morning, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just simply want you to do something by faith. If you believe the word that you've heard this morning, I want you to by faith today say, Father, that is my word. I believe it. I'm going to hold on to it. It is my word. And I believe that this year, 2021, is going to be a year of harvest. It's going to be a year of harvest because of my Redeemer. Father, this, evening, this morning, we thank you today for the power that's in your word. God, we thank you this morning that, Father, even right now, I believe today that, Father, that we as the church, we as the church, on this day, that this is the beginning of the barley harvest for us. I'm declaring this morning that this is that day. I'm declaring this morning that the harvest is coming in. The lives are going to be changed. The dead are going to be raised. The sick are going to be healed. The bound are going to be set free. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We honor you this morning. We give you praise today. And we say, so be it. So be it. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray over this congregation this morning, those that are listening to us virtually, I pray over them this morning. Father, we pray for those in our midst, God, those in our family that are struggling with COVID this morning. Brother Charles Darby, Sister Janet Rodriguez and her family, God, all the others, we pray for them this morning. 
We come into an agreement this morning, Father, that in the name of Jesus, that you are touching them right now. That right now, Father, whether they're listening on the phone or, or wherever they're listening, God, that they will just touch and agree this morning. That, Father, your healing power is moving and touching and restoring in Jesus' name, Father. Father, we're believing this morning for a burden in the hearts of every individual to begin to share the gospel, to reach out to those around them that are lost and begin to be unashamed to share the gospel, unafraid to declare your word. And Father, I bless your people this morning. I speak life, holy, wholeness, and healing over every individual this morning that's listening. And Father, I thank you that we're blessed beyond measure. Thank you that our barns are filled with plenty and our bodies are strong and healthy and our minds are being renewed on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen.